is God that lifts people up. You must let that thing soak into your mind. Remember, he lifted David. David did not lift himself. And listen to, me, to, to this again. David was not near the corridors of power. David did not know that the position of king was vacant. There were no kings in Israel before. Saul was the first one. And he had hardly been established on his throne before David was anointed to replace him. And he was a small boy. So this idea of have a dream, have a goal, have a vision. David did not go to those motivational speaking things. You know what I found? That most motivational speech and most motivational books, they are just exercises in futility. Yeah. Have a goal, have a dream, have a vision. The most successful businessmen have said it. That we didn't have a goal. <laughs> yes. Steve Jobs said nobody can connect the doors looking forward. The day I heard the story of Dangote. Now we celebrated as the richest black man, you know, refinery this and all the stories around him now. It was one of these older industrialists in Nigeria that called him and said to him, as a rich man, he was already rich, and said, you know the problem with you? You have money. You don't have anything. Just all you have is money. You don't have a name. You have not built anything. That's what he told Dangote. I heard the story that he told Dangote, you have not built anything. That now you have money. Go out and go and build. Do you know that? Put your stamp somewhere. And I'm adding my own words. Let the earth know you came. You have enough money. The man listened to that advice. He didn't have any plan for competing who's richest, who's not richest. It was not his agenda. It was just a man that said, listen, settle down this young man and build what this trading, trading, trading he don't do. Started bidding for cement factories, getting money. But they said, in fact, when they, I forgot who was telling me the story. When one of them, that one of them gave that the first one he bought, that if he didn't die that day, he knew he was going to live very long. The kind of pressure I'd never seen before in his life. Before he knew what was happening, cement ah, was a big matter. Buy another one, build another one, buy another one. Then one day, he and his friends gathered together to buy a refinery. A new head of state came and removed the license from them. And said, go and build your own. He said, is that so? Why not? That's how, it, that's how it began. Go and ask him, sir. 20 years ago, were you thinking of this? He would say, lie, lie. I was so content with selling salt and sugar. I was making too much money doing those things. Okay, look at this man that's causing small coil around here now, Pitobi. Because we, we didn't agree, we agreed. Okay, let's just, okay, let's agree. Whether they agree or not agree, let's wait. If you watch his video, he said he had made a lot of money. Then he went to, for a course abroad, and the lecturer said, the problem with you Africans is that you are all individually rich. Why don't you go back home and help your society? So that was when, say, about three big politicians in Anambra State had said, okay, this man should be the governor. So that was when he agreed. Let's make a long story short. It was not his idea. They had told him about it before. He said, Lila, politics, not for people like me. It's too dirty, stuff like that. Then somebody sold the idea, look, you have to help your state. Of course, listen to me. <laughs> of course, when he came, he saw principalities and powers. <laughs> 
He saw wicked forces in heavenly places. He will see election results. He will get 100,000 votes. They will remove three zeros from behind it. It will become 100. Ah, The man said, wait. I believe God just pushed him on. He went to court. What he got in court, he did not know it was going to be. It, it, it will happen. When he, of course, he didn't win because he had power. He won because the other guys were fighting. Are you getting my point? And when God established him, it was a few months before that regime was supposed to be over. So he went back to court again and said, am I not supposed to be governor for four years? They said, don't worry about it. Just let them do their election. He said, election is next week now. Please, rule. Let's know what the Supreme Court is saying. The Supreme Court just said that, don't worry. We will read our judgment in the Lord's appointed time. I'm the one that added appointed time. And for the first time in Nigeria, we saw a governor ending tenure somewhere that nobody understands. They just read the judgment, and we had the shortest serving governor in Nigeria on record. How many days did it last? No, about 10, about 11 days. Okay, anyway, oh, we all agree less than two weeks. I hope you are getting my point. Listen, God rules. Though. The man said that is eight years in office, then later on, let's make it down to the short. Now, is another plenty of talk. If his party wins the next election, he now becomes another vice president that did not plan to be. Just like the one we have currently. The one we have currently, you all know the story about it. We need a running mate. Can you run? Yes, sir. <laughs> you are getting my point here. So let's get, look, that's just the way it works. Like we said last time, what God looks for is faithfulness in the heart. We are talking about how he lifts Christians. I'm not talking about how he lifted Pharaoh. Because he lifted Pharaoh for wickedness in the heart. How did he lift Adolf Hitler? He knew, the, look, this guy is wicked. We're talking about how he lifts people that he's going to bless. We're talking about how he lifts people that he's going to reward. He looks for faithfulness in the heart. Last time I explained that the man of faith is not the one that has a long-term plan. Like I was saying earlier, long-term plan doesn't say anything about your ability to do well in life. Even Englishman told us, if wishes were horses, even beggars were right. Everybody had long-term plans. One day we are going to build a skyscraper. Dreams. He said, have a dream, have a dream. Listen, Joseph did not have a dream. A dream dreamt him. I hope you're getting my point. No, so, you know, when we are trying to interpret these things, we confuse these things. He did not go from to a motivational class. And he said, you may be one of the last borns in the family, but have a dream. I said, eh? So let me go and create a dream. No. Joseph was just sleeping. And the dream happened to him. And his dream was not human. It was divine. And it had no meaning as far as he understood. Nor did he have any way to walk towards it. I don't know whether you are getting my point. Look, Joseph did not know how to walk towards his dream. And there was nothing he did in the direction of that dream. Nothing. The first step he took in the direction of that dream was not his step. He was flung. His father said, go and check on your brothers. His brother said, let's kill him. Make a long story short, they sold him into slavery. But faithfulness was in his heart. We know the story in the house of Potiphar. He was a diligent slave and a faithful one at that. But faithfulness does not always pay because they landed him in prison. I hope you are getting my point here. 
So some of most of these motivational things people do, I don't look. I don't believe in it. So you need to get ready, get, have a goal, pursue it, go for it. Men have they've had the goal, they had they, they pursued their goal. Like, when people have succeeded, they will give you a microphone to you'll be saying anything you like, and people will be writing it down. You want to succeed? Stop sleeping on beds that are soft. You need a hard bed. Do you know people will write it down? Then, then, then they, will get, they will go home and go and throw away all their spring mattresses. People sleeping on the floor. Why? A successful man slept on a hard floor. You don't know that he slept on it out of poverty. If he had a soft one, he would sleep on it too. Then some of you are not doing well because your bed is too comfortable, so you sleep too much. If you turn into a hard bed, you, 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 you wake up, you go get it. All the homeless people, how many of them do you see with hard, a soft bed? Have they succeeded because of that? Anyway, it's good. That's how life is. Once you have succeeded, you can talk any nonsense in your mouth. It's allowed. You, you, you know what I'm saying? That's every, every man sells books now. They've been in government for some time. They'll contract somebody to write a book. The whole world will read it. Most of it meaningless. Listen, those who God lifts up is not for the reasons we are thinking. I hope you are getting my point. It's not for the reasons that we are thinking. What we believers must just learn is to be faithful in anything that's placed in our hands. Now, one thing I want to add to it today, that's how we read all of those scriptures. As I was meditating this morning, I just something came to my mind. I said, well, this is what God wants me to say. People must, must live with this. One major place we miss it is God's purpose for lifting people. I think that's a major area where believers miss it. Well, I think it's okay what we did so far, but that's the thing I want to focus on and I end today's message with that. One major area where people miss it is that they miss God's purpose for lifting people. I know what Jesus said, and let's talk about it briefly. He said, you know, the, ruler of this, the rulers of this world, what do they do? They lord it over their subjects. Now, that tells you something. What the world is doing is different from what the church is supposed to do. What am I going to say? The purpose for being a ruler amongst the people of this world, like Jesus was saying, is lordship. They want to lord it. He said, but those of you are my disciples. What are you supposed to do? He said, whosoever wants to be the greatest amongst you. Now, we're going to interpret that. He said, let him be what? The servant of all. Let him be the servant of all. Or let him be the most serving one. Another point is this. I want to interpret it another way. He was saying, whosoever wants to be the greatest should understand that greatness is meant for service. And if he's not ready to serve, he will never attain that greatness. I hope you're getting my point here. That is, you must never desire greatness for the purpose of being great. If you do, you have sinned against God. You are walking in iniquity. That is what pride is. That's why it's called vainglory. That's why those who really achieve greatness, as far as God is concerned, those who really achieve it, they don't seek it. They don't. They are too busy serving. Remember our, our man David. Let's start with him again. Just go back to Psalm 78, the way we're reading. Verse 17. He said, He also chose David his servant. And took him from the sheepfolds. Where was David? The sheepfolds. 
He said, from the care of eels with suckling lambs, he brought him to shepherd Jacob, his people. That is the same way he took care of what? Sheep. God said, come and use that same method to take care of people. I don't know whether you are following my point. That is, you know, people say, have great dreams. God said, the small one I put in your hand, handle it well. Are you, getting, I hope you are getting my point. It's in the places where you are mopping the floor, doing small things, that I decide whether your heart is right or your heart is not right. Most people that have great dreams only have empty dreams that God will never fulfill. Why? It was not based on, this, on the purpose of service. All they are thinking of is that one day people are flying private jets. Why can't I fly it too? They are working hard towards greatness as an end. And listen to this. They are praying towards greatness as an end. And God never answers such prayers. And that's why people like David did not pray to be great. When they asked David, you said you can fight Goliath. He said yes. Uh, you're sure? Go and check the examples he gave. Both of them were for the deliverance of his sheep. And when he faced Goliath, go and check the focus. This uncircumcised Philistine, his primary purpose was to defend the glory of God. I hope you're getting my point here. You want to face Goliath? Yes. You sure you can do it, sir? <laughs> Look at what he told Saul. Your servant keeps his father's sheep. One day I was in, on, the, on the field, and a lion came and took one of them. Small boy. You know, I say it but you know, something like jokingly, but I think it's actually true. His, his juvenile exuberance did not allow him to think of the risk to his life. He has so much passion for his sheep. Do you get my point? The passion for his sheep was so great, he forgot that this lion could kill him. I say this boldly. The man did not leave his house to go and fight a lion. Normally, he would have hidden from the lion. He would have said to the lion, say, I beg, mind your business. But the lion came, took his sheep. David went out of the lion for the sole purpose of what? Delivering the small sheep. Now, go and see what he said. We don't have time to read it. He said, when he turned on me, I, I had to defend myself. I don't know whether you're getting my point there. He said, the lion now turned on me. Sir, that was when I now grabbed him by the neck and said, behave yourself. That is, I fought for my life after I delivered my sheep. And God strengthened my hands, I killed him. The same thing with a bear. They came looking for my trouble. I don't go around looking for trouble. If this Philistine has sat in his home, worshipping Dagon, I would not have gone there. But now he has come here to insult our God. Ah, uh, no, we have to take him down. What am I going to say? He got his experience defending sheep. And that was the reason. Not his qualifications, you know, BSc, MSc, PhD, LLB, LLD. No. He got his qualification from being so selfless that he was going to lay his life down, put his life on the line for the sheep. God said, this is a man after my heart. Bear that in mind. But why did God call him again? He said, look at verse 71. From verse 70, he chose David his servant. He took him from the sheepfolds. What, for what purpose? To shepherd Jacob, his people. And Israel is inheritance. No, I want you to observe that. The purpose was so that he might do what? 
shepherd Jacob, his people. It was not to show that David too can be great. I don't know whether you're getting my point. No, let's look at the example of Joseph also. Quickly, Psalm 105. For time's sake, let's just go down to the verse that we really want. It was talking about um, Joseph, well, the history of the people of God. Let me just start from verse uh, 16. He said, he called for a famine upon the land and broke the whole staff of bread. Verse 17, what did he do? He sent a man before them or ahead of them. Joseph, who they sold as a slave, they afflicted his feet with fetters. He himself was laid in irons until the time that his word came to pass. The word of the Lord tested him. The king sent and released him, the ruler of the peoples, and set him free. He made him lord over his house and ruler over all his possessions. Now, let me stop here. Why, what am I bringing out here? Why did God raise Joseph up? Now, let me say this. It was not to show that faithfulness pays, even though faithfulness is good. Why did he raise Joseph up? He said, because I want my people preserved. The reason why God raised Joseph up was so that Israel will have a place to stay until the time that the iniquity of the Amorites will be full. I don't know whether you're getting my point here. We can look at several examples. Same thing with Joshua. Why did God make Joshua what he was? He says so that he will help the people inherit the land. Listen to me. Sometimes people ask, you know, let's discuss briefly, all right, to explain what I'm trying to emphasize to us. Once a young man came to me. He was a junior colleague. I just came to Enugu that time. He was doing a posting in my department. So we got talking about some of my friends who practice abroad. So he now asked me a simple question. He said, do you think, apparently he wanted to leave the country and go abroad. He's a doctor and all of that. Which I'm not saying is bad. It's okay. That's the way the Lord is arranging your life. All right? And I, did I say it's bad? So he now asked me a simple question. He said, don't I think, because he mentioned a friend of mine, I don't, think, don't I think he's practicing better medicine than I am practicing? That is, he has a better opportunity, you know, better, you know, resources, equipment, and stuff like that. I said, yes, I think he is. He said, so, like, uh-huh, what are you now saying? That we should not live here and go there. I said to him, when you are going, carry your patience with you. I don't know whether you are getting my point. I said, listen. My friend you are referring to, does he have better equipment than I have? I think he does. Is the environment better than mine? Most certainly. Physically speaking, I think it is. But is this serving my own patients? The answer is no. I said, the answer is no. Nothing wrong with what you want to do. What you want to do is your life. I said, listen, but what are you pursuing in life? Sometimes the way we reason with people, oh God. I just said, people are, we have a, sorry to say this please. We have a useless mindset that is like, please Lord, let me be useless. That's what I mean by useless mindset. We have a mindset that God, just give me food, raiment, and then make the rest of my life useless. Let me die in non-entity. When I say non-entity, I mean that when I die, nobody should notice. I should just be another statistic. Fifteen people died last week. They just add me to one of them. Nothing should be, I did no, no remarkable thing. Let's just be that it's my wife and my children that were crying, wing, wing, wing. that day has gone. That's it. That's, that's the way we behave a lot of times. And listen, there's something that Jesus said. Like we said, he said, whosoever will be the greatest amongst you, let him be what? The servant of all. He said, whosoever will want to preserve his life, what did he say about that kind of person? He will lose it. 
He said, but the one that is ready to lose his life is the one that will find it. You see where I'm going? When you are making plans in life, once you're focusing, me too, I must hammer. Are you getting my point? You are begging to be poor in life. You are begging to be a failure. I pray that Christians can divorce their minds from, you know, let me, no, no, you know what I'm going to say. Sometimes when you say what is right, when our minds are still corrupt, we want to do what is right for the purpose of getting what is promised. I don't know whether you're getting my point. But when we do that, we are still wrong in our hearts. And God still cannot bless. One message I like Christians to understand is this. When they say we must die to self, death is something believers must believe God for. When I say death now, I don't mean fall down and just die and be buried. I mean, pray that God will help you stop thinking of yourself. Pray that God will help you so that in your heart, the desire for personal gratification, personal glorification is lost. Pray that God will help you that you get to a particular point, you'll be like Paul. That says that even if I am being poured out as a drink offering, as long as it's on the sacrifice for your faith, then I'm content. That is, even though I die in this process, let it be that the Philippians and all the other Gentiles, they hate the gospel and they are no longer in bondage. They now understand that they are part of the covenant of God. Say, so if I die for that, then I'm okay. Like I was preaching in Makodi, I've thought about Nigeria as a country. I'm not preaching the gospel of Nigeria now. I'm just talking as Christians because we are the salt of the earth and we are what? The light of the world. The only reason why we have problems currently, or let me say the major reason, is faithlessness in the average person's heart. The people have no love for the nation. Yet they want Buhari or Atiku to change it. I said at the beginning, they can't. Even Jesus cannot. You know, there's one thing God said to them when he sent them into captivity. I need you to be invested in the land. He said, I was sent into captivity in Babylon. You'll be there for 70 years. Don't listen to your prophets who say that it'll just be for a short while. It'll not be for a short while. You are going to be there for 70 years. You know what he said to them? Buy land. Build houses. Plant vineyards. Marry wives. Give your children out in marriage. Increase. He said now, you know what he now said? He said, how did he say it again? Pray to the Lord for the land that I'm sending you into captivity. Seek his welfare. Pray to the Lord for his sake. He said, because in his welfare, you will have welfare. If the land prospers, you will prosper. You know what God was saying to them? I want you to connect with the place so you can invoke my blessing upon it. Do you know what the average one of us, you know what we do these days? We are typical, and I'm not talking about you or me. By God's grace, in Jesus' name, I'm not like that. And I hope you are not like that. I'm talking about the average person, even the Christians. If God blesses them, the first thing most people think of is how to secure a future for their children outside. Please, I will give it to you straight so you can tell, tell your friends. Hmm? There's a new trend now. Is when you get to Canada, they have a future planned for your children. I'm trying to calm myself down before I say what I'm about to say. Because if I don't calm myself down, I will say things that may offend some people. God, give me soft words to use. If you talk like that, you are very stupid. I hope that's not too hard. It's soft, right? The problem is that Christians don't believe anything. They lie. They lie. They don't believe there are statements you must never make, otherwise God will have to punish you. 
That kind of statement that I made must not come from the mouth of believers. Because you insult God with it. I, the Lord, am a jealous God. I feel sorry for some countries. Some Christians will make God destroy their economy so that he might, he might make a point. They are, if I was the head of some countries, I would ban Christians from coming. That God will have to deal with us to teach people a lesson. Before God, I'm telling you, God will have to deal with them. Because, you see, let me tell you something about God. I was preaching this yesterday in Abak Lake. He's a jealous God. Though. If you are looking for the future of your children, you know what he said you should do? Come to me. Ask me for the future of your children. Let me tell you how it was with Abraham. Do you know at a time when God came to Abraham and told him that your wife, Sarah, will bear you a son? You know, we think, you know, the Bible says Abraham laughed. You understand? Sarah too also laughed. So this is how we interpret it, that they doubted. The Abraham now said, oh, that Ishmael might live before you. I don't have time to be taking the scripture one by one, but let me just summarize it for you. Nothing like that happened. Nothing like that happened. What happened was that Abraham marveled. Laughter that came from Abraham's mouth was a laughter of wonder. I don't know whether I get my point. It's in the Bible like that. It said, then was our mouth filled with what? With laughter. When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, it was as if we were dreaming. Then our mouth was what filled with laughter. The name of Isaac, what does Isaac mean? It could not have been doubt. The laughter of Abraham was not doubt. It was wonder, amazement. Now, this is where I'm going. The moment that happened, he understood the next thing. You know the next thing, what it was going to be? Ishmael would die. That was the law. He knew Ishmael was about to die. I'm not talking about Isaac now, I'm talking about prayer. So he said to God, Lord, Oh, that Ishmael may live before thee. People don't read that thing where they say he was asking God to use Ishmael. He never said so. Because God said, as for Ishmael, I have heard you. There was never a time that uh, he said, God, use Ishmael instead. No. He felt that Ishmael was going to die. He said, God, oh. And he loved the boy. At that time, you understand, Ishmael was a little boy, you know. It was around 12, thereabout. So, he really loved the boy. You think about it. Think about your son that's like 10, 11, 12. He's been in the house. He's his son. Now, Sarah was going to deliver and that boy was going to die. So, he turned to God and said, Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. And God said, As for Ishmael, I have heard you. If you read some Bibles, you see the word yes or no. The, the original Hebrew did not contain yes or no. It's interpreted as inserting it as a lie. So, you see NIV said yes. Some other translation will say no. But one of them have one thing in agreement. He said, as for Ishmael, I... Let's read it. Genesis. You know, so I'm just quoting these things. It'll be like, say, say, this man of God is trying to deceive us or something. I'm not deceiving anybody. The Lord is good. In fact, the truth is that that's not even the main thing I am talking about, so I shouldn't really spend so much time on it, you know. Go to Genesis, chapter 17. When Abraham made his statement, in verse 17, I laughed. It was wonder. Like, uh-uh, you mean a, a child will be born to a man that's 100 years old? Sarah, at 90 years, will still be here. He now said, oh, that Ishmael might live before you. That's verse 18. Depending on the translation you use, he said, but God said, some said, but God said, no. 
Some say God said yes. Which one do you have? Who has yes? You have yes. NIV, right? Uh-huh. Some have no. No, but look, the literal Hebrew doesn't have any. All they just said is this. Verse 18. Sarah, your wife, will bear a son. He now said verse 20. Everybody read verse 20. No, just, I just want that first phrase. As for Ishmael, I have heard you. Is that a yes or a no? Is it a yes? No, he said, as for Ishmael, I have heard you. This is where I'm going. Abraham saved Ishmael's life with a prayer. That's my emphasis all of this. He said, as for Ishmael, I have heard you. Behold, I will bless him, and I will make him fruitful, and will multiply him exceedingly. Let's just stop here. Oh, in that same verse 21, but my covenant I will establish with Isaac. Where am I going in all of these things? He secured Ishmael's destiny with what? Prayer. He secured Ishmael's destiny with a prayer. If you want to secure the destiny of your children, it's the same method. Ah, like I was saying yesterday in Abakaliki, you know, people take, when pressure came to Asa, in Second Chronicles chapter 16, please, I want to beg all of you, eh? Listen to what I preached in Abakaliki. Because there I explained that you must never, you know what Asa did? Asa took gold and silver from the temple. You know what he did? He sent it to Ben-Hadad to come and deliver him. And it worked. And God said, for that thing you have done, from now on you will see wars. You will have trouble. He took what belonged to God. He took silver and gold from the temple and gave to Ben-Hadad for deliverance. Because there was trouble. And I gave an illustration in that message. One of our brothers called me, he said, Pastor, he called me and said, that, do I know that because people are running abroad, the income of their church offering dropped by 35%. And are people that, that earn hundreds of thousands and millions of naira on a monthly basis, you can't get them to draw 5,000 naira offering. Why? They have to sustain their wife and their children in one country. Why? Because they think that's where security is. They think safety is there. I said, can't you see what they are doing? They are taking from the temple. Now, I'm not talking about taking from the church now, but removing faith from God and giving to Ben Haddad. Taking faith away from God, manifesting in their ability to give money. Why? I said, listen, we read the report. It's all over the place. More people die from firearms on a, on, a, on a regular basis in the U.S. than die in Nigeria. There's no safety anywhere. Safety is of the Lord. Safety is of the Lord. There's no safety anywhere. Back to the main thing we're trying to say. So you see, people are not faithful. That's the reason why God doesn't bless you know, many of our countries like here. That's the problem God has. He said, if I give them small money, they export the prosperity. It's always a sign that they are made, that they cannot go for holiday in Dubai. It's a sign that, no, me too, you know, he will say, I want to rest. I'm going to Dubai. No. When you enter, don't say that in the end, it annoys me. Don't say it near me. You can go anywhere you like. You know, I keep on saying, you can go anywhere. Going is your portion. It's your problem. It doesn't concern me. But don't insult my intelligence. Because if you want to rest, go to Abuja. Switch off your phone. You will rest. I even found that there's a better place to rest. Abakiliki. Ah, is it, is it bad? Why is he laughing so hard? 
No be resting one rest. There are fine hotels there too. The only thing you need to rest quench your food. You can even rest in town. You don't have to go anywhere. So I'm not saying you shouldn't go. I'm just saying don't tell me you want to rest. I'm not saying something. The major problem we have is that as soon as you give people little prosperity, are you getting my point? Their heart starts pursuing all kinds of things. That is one major reason the Lord has found it hard to bless us around. I'm not kidding about that. That is one major reason. Now, let, what am I going to say in these things? We are praying for greatness. We don't ask ourselves, what is the purpose? What is the purpose? People are always, every time, they are, the reason they are asking for increase is so that God might be replaced in their lives. I don't know what I heard what I said. friend of mine, those days when we were in school, we are just talking, I still remember. You know, life changes. This was many years ago. This, what I'm telling you happened either 1990 or 1991, I'm sure. It's not earlier than 90. And of course, at the end of 91, we had left school. So this was while we were still in school. It's 1991, between 1991. I said to him, how much, if God were to ask you to ask him for money, how much do you ask for? Now, what I was thinking of is, you know, young men, you ask him for, you know, what young men will ask? He said, no, I will ask him for two billion. Now, two billion that time, remember, Naira was about eight Naira to the dollar at the time we were talking about it. They have not yet hit 10 naira. So 2 billion naira of that time is like asking God for $200 million. You understand? So in today's money, it's be like something like $250 million. I said, why will you ask for that kind of money? No, we're students. He says, so I will never have to come and ask him again. <laughs> I said, that's why he will never give you. I, I don't know whether you're getting my point now. You see, I said, you are trying to replace God. And that's what we're trying to do. We are trying to replace God. That's what we are calling God, increase me. God doesn't want to give you that kind of security that you won't need him anymore. No. Anytime you have that kind of security, God will soon scatter it. What are we supposed to pray for, we believers, if God is going to raise us? Every time God raises people, it's for a purpose. Every time he raises people, it is what? For a purpose. Listen. That is the simple way it is. Anytime you want to pray for something great, if you cannot describe what you want to use it for, that's purposeful. When I say purposeful, that is not for you. For other people, for the environment, for the church of Christ, for a cause. If you can't describe it, forget that prayer is a wasted time. Not because God can't answer it, but he doesn't think you need it. You don't have any... You know, I sit down in my hand, Father, in the name of Jesus, I claim as it were, as it is, because God, you can answer anything. I paint on the wall, $200 million. Bring it forth right now, in the name of Jesus. They were looking at Is he okay? The logical question is, what do you want to do with it? So what are you going to answer him? I want to save it up so that I'll be sure my children will never lack. One angel will shove you away from the presence rapidly. But do you know, with this kind of thing that I'm saying, a man like Strive Masiwa prayed to God for $1.5 billion and he got it. In the name of Jesus, we receive. He, in the name of Jesus, received. And it was $1.5 billion. And he wrote about it. But the difference, he had a purpose for it. It had to do with the advancement and consolidation of what they were doing in Econet. I was listening to uh, uh, Sadhu Sadhu Savaraj preach. He prayed to the Lord 
for how much? Maybe like $6 million or $7 million. Why? We need to launch our satellite to broadcast the gospel over that Asian region, covering the whole of India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, Sri Lanka, parts of China, are you my point? part of Russia. That's where he covers. We even watch it, of course, now in Africa. So when we were asking God for money, he wasn't asking God for money. He was asking God for a purpose. When God raised David, it was so that he might shepherd his people. It was so that he might shepherd his people. Why was telling a story about people not going abroad? I told that guy that day. I said, going abroad is not my problem. What are you trying to do? I've heard people say stupid. Oh, God. I remember a friend of mine. That day I felt sorry for him. He stood in my house. I was staying that time. Stood upstairs. I had a kind of small balcony. And we just stood on the rail there. Leaned on the rail and we're looking out. She says, going to the UK. See, when you get there, you can plan for the future of your children. When you get there, the society allows you. You know, I used to think all my friends had faith. That was the day I realized I was on my own. If he's now, I won't spare him. Then I just kept quiet. There are things I cannot say. If I say them, the Lord will have to punish me. I'm not joking about that. You can say I'm not laughing. See, so I can want to plan for the future of my children. There are things I will say. God will have to take those children from me or take me from them. Because I'm a bad influence in their spiritual climate. I said, what? Like I was saying, their safety we have seen is in the Lord. Their future is in the Lord. Should we pray for greatness in that regard? Yes, but for what purpose? I only tell people, listen, take a country like ours. Everything, listen to this, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. You run away from here, you have given God the job of looking for somebody else to establish his lordship in that area. We did not come to this earth to come and eat. I hope you are getting my point. Food was given for a purpose. Each person, so when you are praying for greatness, you pr- the prayer must be with, it's not even, you are not praying for greatness. You are praying to establish a purpose. I hope you get my point. If God needs greatness to bring it to pass, fine. If the Lord needs what you and the world, everybody, you and I also, call greatness to bring it to pass, fine. It raised David that David might shepherd his people. He sent Joseph. What you and I call Joseph became a prime minister was nothing like enjoyment. It was that I have put the preservation of Israel in your hands. With them, I have put the preservation of the peoples around in your hands. People used to travel from far and near to buy food from Joseph. Please, I hope you are getting my point. So every time people say like, okay, now that's what I was telling you. A young man and I were standing. He was living that time, not now. This was many years ago, I was living to Canada. It's nothing less than 15 years ago. So I said, I have no problem with it. I said, what's the purpose? He said that... Um, I believe that in this life, I should get the best of whatever. I said to him, I still remember we were at um, Agri-Bank Junction that day. I think I was dropping him off. I said, that is where you and I differ. I believe that in life, I must give the best. Let me add words to it. I was born for a purpose. I have to manifest that purpose. Listen to me. We're going to pray in a moment. I wanted to ask God if you can. Many of us can't. But you get to that point. I'm like, when I say you can't, is that if you don't have something in mind yet. But if you do, you will ask God for something great. But it must never be for yourself. 
because of my natural training, I have this passion for healthcare. I always tell young doctors, young specialists around me, as they happen, I say, listen, what do you want? Do you want to build another small hospital which is all over town? Every little doctor has one small shop. You know the purpose of the shop? Just to make something extra. I've seen many of my colleagues. What did they do with that extra? It's just three things. One, build one house after another. One day I was talking to one of my colleagues. He said he has finished one house. He said, ah, you know, I'm like, you have, are you into real estate business? You are building a third house. I, I'm one of those people that believe you can build 20 houses. I have no problem with it because, you see, if you don't build it, where would those who don't have money see a house to rent? So be building in Jesus' name. Just be building. Just be building. God will, you know, I always say God will collect his money. If you like steal $100 million or make it legitimately, God will collect it back. I hope you know that. You know how he does it? Let me drop it for you quickly. If you live in the bank, the bank will use it to employ many people as they are lending and trading with your $100 million. Is that not so? Yes. God has collected his money. If you leave it there, that is God. Say, good, I'm using my money. Say, no, I won't keep it there. I won't keep it there. I'll go and buy land. The more land you buy, the more villagers have more money. You know God has collected his money. He said, no, I won't buy land. I'll just, no, I'll buy and build houses. Ah, all these men who are laying block, God has given them the money. If you now say, no, I will bury it, God will now kill it. Whichever way. <laughs> if you, look, if you do anything you do with the money, once it's moving, the Lord will spare you. But you bury it, you're dead meat. You know it's in your Bible like that. The one that buried his talent, you know what happened to him. Uh-huh. The Lord is good. Now, oh, that's what I'm talking about. God collected his money. I wanted to tell you something. Okay, I was talking about, okay. So, you see, people are just eating, opening small, small shops. Why? They just want to build extra houses. And like, why don't you just deny yourself of this? Just forget this small shop for a while. Five or six of you come together and have a long-term desire and vision and dream, whatever you want to call it, for one, with one purpose. You may not do it alone, but your desire is that what? Medical tourism away from this country should stop. Not just, it's, it's not just about money. Now, what am I talking about? Those are the kind of dreams and desires people have. And listen to this, which they're already ex- ex- um, um, exercising in little areas. We're talking about David. Listen, doing great things in life costs you. When I say cost you now, David laid down his life. I hope you're getting my point. For his sheep. God said he has a heart that is good. When I people say that Nigeria is bad and running abroad, you are the opposite of David. I don't know how to describe it. When I people say that hey, the country is tough, you are the tail and not the head. It's not an insult. It's a perfect description for your personality. You are, no, see, get what I'm trying to say. God does not raise people up except they understand that raising is for service. That's what I want to leave with you today. He does not raise people up Except they understand that raising is for service. He said, Issachar is like, it's a strong donkey lying down between the sheepfolds. When he found that the resting place was good and the land was pleasant, he said he bent his back to bear the burden and became a slave at forced labor. If you're running up and down looking for where life is comfortable, you are begging to be a slave. We said God raises people up, but he has a purpose for it. Many of the people we call unbelievers. You know why God is listening to them? He said what they will do with this money. This my so-called children won't. He said my so-called children will not. Listen to me. In life, make up your mind. Like I said, just you know what they call dying to self. 
So if it is to trek, that's not a problem. I won't have what everybody else is having. No, that's not a problem. But God in this my life, let's take our nation as an example. I must change something. It's a simple desire. It's the way Christians reason. That Lord, you must use me in this life to change something. I give my, my, my senior colleague as an example all the time. Dr. Chris Isiche. How God planted that in his heart, I don't know. He just said, why should anybody pay for health care? I don't have that understanding. I feel like you should get the money from somewhere else. You know, you go to hospital. Somebody has to pay now. You get my point. That's the understanding I have. But his own was different. So now nobody should pay. And you know what? He pursued the dream. Now, when I say dream, now I don't like using the word dream. Because people like say he had a dream, a dream. No. What I mean, okay, yeah, I like a good word now. He pursued the desire. So in his little way, he was doing what he could. Of course, I don't need to tell you that that mentioned he was a poor doctor. Because he and his wife were earning money. They set up a clinic and were issuing out drugs free of charge. Until God said, I have found in David a man after my heart. And then phew, he lifted him up one day. And the day he was talking with Enugu, he said, my brother, I've entered into rest. Now his money was not needed there. People now fall over themselves to donate. Oh, I didn't think, I, I didn't realize I would quote it. I will have sh- showed you the email he sent me last week. To show the number of patients they have seen this year. The amount of money the hospital has spent. And it's a free clinic. Anybody walks in, you walk out. That's a desire. That's, that's, I don't want to use this dream of dream flying. You see yourself flying in a private jet. You're not going anywhere. <laughs> You're not going anywhere. You're dreaming flying in a private jet. With all the dreams that David dreamed, I say it was a vision of God. When it came to pass, was it for his sake? For his sake? No. It was so his brothers could come. With his father, he could settle them and they could be in Egypt for a long time until the iniquity of the Amorites will be full. You want to be great? First, have to donate yourself to God to change something around. That's what greatness is. That's what greatness is. And listen to me. Don't wait there. You know, I've heard people say things like this. Kai, when we have a lot of money, we'll give heavily to the gospel. Have you heard that thing before? I hope you know most of the times they are telling lies. Those who give heavily to the gospel when they have a lot of money, they know it when they have small. Are you getting my point? It's the little they have. They're already pursuing something with the little they have. So we're not talking about dream one day, one day. I'm saying just have a desire and then say, God, use me in this life to do something great. I hope you're getting my point. Use me in this life to bless somebody. When I say something great, I don't mean something like big out there. But that if I died, people will cry because something is missing. I still believe, I'm convinced. Good teachers are hard to find. I don't mean Bible teachers, though. I mean physics teachers, geography teachers, English teachers, mathematics teachers. They are hard to find. I said good. I'm not saying teachers. I said what? Good ones. I know one major reason. All of them that God ordained have gone to look for money elsewhere. It has never crossed their minds that teaching children is something one can do as a calling from God. And money would never take you away from it. You know, if somebody, I don't want to tie a, you know, a great blessing to such things. People will not start pursuing it for that thing. Are you getting my point? Well, let me just say what I want to say anyway. Whoever wants to be lost, that's his problem. <laughs> it's such people that one day you hear that God has given them one massive school one in Abuja, one in Enugu, one in Port Harcourt, one here, one in all the countries around. And they're educating people. They're able to keep costs down. 
And God doesn't discuss how much money he's making or he's not making. Sometimes they become educational consultants going here and there teaching people. And they say, oh, how did they get here? Ah, I do, I know, I was just teaching, you know, you know that school, the one opposite that college where we used to teach those days. I used to teach in the evenings. Then one day I helped a set of children. Their parents were so impressed, they took me to another place. Before I knew what was happening, people were talking about it. That's how we are today. Now, those who accomplish such things did not set out that I want to be great in life. They set out with one purpose. I need to affect something positively on this earth. God's call is not always be a preacher. Teaching in primary school is a call. I hope you understand that. It's a call. It's a call. It's a call. It's a call. Teaching in secondary school. Say, look, I'm a physics teacher. I hope you know it's a call. I teach physics, mathematics, and I mentor young people. But the society wants us to believe that it's because he couldn't find a job in Shell. And once, as a group of people, we have that mentality. We constantly remain backward. And God is not able to do a lot of things around us. Then we all shift ourselves to North America. That the country is good. Those who built those countries, they had a selfless mindset towards things that they did. Let's ask our feet and pray. Let's thank God for the word that we have heard today.